DJ and PK, time to talk with Kirk Cragthorpe, covering Utah golf for Fairways Media and the Salt Lake Tribune. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Kurt, good morning. Morning, guys. Good to hear your voice, Kurt. Uh, mutually, it's good to be back on after uh, six months, I think. So you retire and then the whole world comes to a stop. What'd you do, Kurt? How did you do that? Yeah, the, the, the problem was that if sporting events had continued, I would have felt left out. So this this way, I'm I'm not missing anything, basically. And not only that, I get to cover golf, which I enjoy doing, and is basically the the one sport around here that's still going on. So yeah, it, it definitely is my fault. <laughs> yeah, I can recall. You know, obviously, I've spent hundreds if not thousands of hours with you over the years and you were talking about the weirdness sometime in the fall of not being involved in like for for instance the jazz postseason and sure enough we don't even have a jazz postseason or yet anyway maybe we'll hopefully we will have it later on this summer uh as far as the golf goes you know we know that the pga has come back and uh you're doing the other stuff that's in the state but it's going to be a bigger tournament that's what is that this week or next week when what's going on with that right the the corn ferry tour which is in essence the triple a tour of the, the pga tour it's really better quality golf than that which i've tried to convince people of for the last 30 years that it's come to utah but the Utah Championship is being played at Oak Ridge Country Club in Farmington this week, so so I'll be up there. And the irony of this is, uh, if everything goes well and I cover all four days of that tournament, I, I will have done six days of live sports coverage, which probably is the Tribune high for the last 100 days. So I'm still setting records, but uh, not, not to jinx anything. But but there, yeah, it's it's going to be a little bit weird. Uh, there's never been a million fans attend this event, which is a, an, another subject in itself. That I think people just haven't been aware of the quality of golf. But the point being that, that fans are not allowed on site, even Danny Summerhays' many relatives uh, won't be allowed to come and watch him play. So it'll be kind of weird there. But the, the Golf Channel will be there televising, so at least we'll have the kind of the look and feel of a, a real golf tournament, and it's always fun. You know, one thing you were always famous for is you could keep track of everybody with any Utah tie and what they were doing and where they were and what was going on. And it's easy enough to keep track of a few, but you kept track of more than anybody I knew. And this field has people with Utah ties in it. And they really have intriguing storylines. It's not just that they're in it, but for where they are in their career, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. There's literally guys from age 17 to age 50 with Mike Weir uh, using this event to tune up for the Champions Tour. He's already turned 50, obviously, uh, six weeks ago, but the, but the senior pro golf tour hasn't played since he had his birthday, so... He, uh, he has yet to make his debut, and that actually won't even come until the end of July in Michigan. But but he'll be there, and, and then young Preston Summerhays at, at 17, uh, the two-time state amateur champion and the reigning U.S. junior amateur winner has a sponsor exemption, and, and he'll be fun to watch. He, I'll be surprised if he doesn't make the cut, actually, because he's that good. 
I agree with you on the quality of golf. Now, I have not, uh, in full disclosure, been up to Oak Ridge, but when it was at Willow Creek, which is just a couple of miles away, I would go every year on a Saturday afternoon, and the quality of golf that they play, I mean, uh, you, and we actually we broadcast a few times, and we'd be over by, uh, I don't know if it was the 10th or the 1st. I know DJ and I were out there. And you'd watch these guys, and you really can't tell a difference <laughs> the, uh, if, as you watch them. You know what between the the high ranking tour players and these. I don't know if I can call them up and coming players, but whoever they might be, there's not a huge difference. The quality of golf is some of the best in the world. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. People do say it's the the second best tour in the world ahead of the European tour, and and yeah, I've always been fascinated by pro golf. Uh, it's kind of similar to baseball in some ways, but but in golf, you you get a score every day attached to your name, and so it's a little bit easier to measure the talent. And and it's such a fine line. It's it's just staggering to me. To, to look at guys who, who never quite make it and, and try to figure out what what they lacked and the answer usually isn't is not much uh, just just a tiny fraction of ability that that separates a, a guy who can sustain a PGA Tour career and and a guy that never makes it out there or 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 doesn't get out there and, and can't stay I mean that's that's the other fascinating part to me about the PGA Tour is, is it, it's one thing to get there, but then you, you start at zero dollars every year, and you're trying to to uh, reestablish yourself. There's no multi-year contracts for a, a guy coming out of college, for example. So, so yeah, it's really really intriguing to me to to try to determine what the difference is. But but to your point, I've always said you could you could have somebody stand on the range and tell them they're they're at the U.S. Open and and to watch the players hit shots, you'd have no choice but to believe that was true. So is the the winning score in this tournament usually, regardless of what course it's at, is somewhere around 20 under? I mean, guys, their talent and the elevation, it's amazing how many birdies they're going to make. Is there a course in the state, and a lot of things go into whether a, a course can host a tournament, is there a course in the state that just based on the course these guys would struggle with? Or are they so good that they're probably going 20, the winner's going 20 under wherever you play it? Yeah, I, I think that's the case. And, and I think that's part of, and not all of, the explanation why Utah's never had a, a top-level PGA Tour event is that there just isn't a course that can truly challenge these guys. Uh, Johnny Miller, when he built Thanksgiving Point, thought it would be a, a tour quality or even a USGA quality test and, and they played the, the Corn Ferry Tour event out there for two years and and, and they played it at 7,500 yards or something like that and guys you're just still shot. I, I don't know exactly what the running score was. I, and I also think they played it par as one less than usual turn one of the par fives into a par four and and guys still shot 16 under or whatever to win it so so yeah it's, it's just amazing uh and and of course like oak ridge is kind of short to begin with and uh man these guys will shoot phenomenal numbers the other the other part that's interesting and again it goes 
back to the idea of how tough it is to make it out there. Yesterday they had the Monday qualifying at Talon's Cove in Saratoga Springs, and for the average person like us, it, it's it's all the tests we want, and uh, and you had to shoot 65 just to get into a playoff to uh, advance to the to Oak Ridge, and so man, there's just there's just so many good golfers out there. It's it's it, continues to uh, boggle my mind. And on the flip side, there's so many bad golfers out there that it continues to boggle my mind, and they're usually right ahead of me when I'm playing. <laughs> or, or, or right with you, you never know. <laughs> so I watched the last couple of weeks, you know, because like you and me, DJ and Hatch, we're starved for live sporting events, and so we're watching it, and to me... I adjusted rather quickly to the no fans because it was about the competition and we haven't had it for so many months and weeks and all that stuff that, you know, I'd prefer fans to be out there and, and the noise and the clapping and all that stuff and in the hole, all those idiots who say that stuff. But I did make the adjustment fairly quickly. How do you think it'll be when you cover a tournament with no fans, recognizing that there wasn't a ton of fans anyway relative to a PGA event? Yeah, it'll be kind of weird. I think they don't even have gallery ropes at Oak Ridge. They talked about doing that just to kind of make it look like a normal tournament setup. And but I don't think they'll even have the ropes. And so it's funny how that kind of just gives you the aura of a real tournament when when you stand outside the ropes. Apparently, they're going to let us stand on the cart paths, which are about 20 yards from the green and. And so, yeah, it'll, it'll be weird to just be walking out there on the course alone. And to your point about the TV, I, I thought about this, that, that golf is probably the one sport that you watch on TV that you don't really think about the fan presence. Now, obviously, with the Ryder Cup or something like that, where they're just going crazy, it, it kind of creates that atmosphere. But, but to watch those tournaments at uh, Colonial and Hilton Head the last two weeks, it kind of didn't, you didn't think about fans not being there except when you would hear someone yell from their balcony of their house or something like that but but yeah it, it seems like golf is the one sport that that doesn't need fans to provide the tv studio atmosphere if that makes sense and so if, if it comes to that in in say college football it'll be interesting to compare the two that way i, I obviously i think you would notice in football that, that fans are not there, but but less so in golf for sure. Hey, you mentioned Mike Weir earlier. He's going to be playing in this tournament. And have you heard any scuttlebutt, any rumors about when the, the senior tour might start again and he might be out there? Or is that something that's uh, not just on the back burner but off the stove and outdoors on a picnic table or something? No, they definitely have that schedule. It's, it's July 31st in uh, – Somewhere in Michigan, I think it's at uh, where they used to play the Buick Open, mm. and uh, so yeah, so that's that's definitely uh, ready to go. But but the the PGA Tour champions will of all the basically all the the main leagues, so to speak, it, it will be the last one to to come back for whatever reason. But but they're definitely on board for July 31st there. So so Michael gets some maybe eight or so tournaments this year to, to get started on that circuit. So the transition to no fans for me was pretty easy in golf, as I just said. And we've got some sports coming up, uh, 
to one degree or another. Basketball is going to start, and I think baseball will be shortly thereafter. From the viewership experience on the couch, do you think that it's going to make much of a difference as far as no fans? I, I really don't because, uh, I mean, it's kind of fun when they, when they show the fan reaction shots uh, on television and, and you kind of get a sense of what it's like to be there. But but as far as but ninety percent of the of what you see is just the the playing area anyway, and so so I don't I don't think it'll be affected all that much. Uh, again, I mean the the reason you go to the games is to experience that atmosphere, and so you're you're already sacrificing that, or or you're not you're 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 doing without that if by staying home and watching it. So you're you're removed from it, I guess. Is what I'm saying, and and so if you're going to be removed from it already, you probably don't even notice that it's there or not there, if, if that makes sense. So I, I think that as far as watching games from your living room, I, I think that experience won't be that much diminished. Yeah, there's the uh, the roar of the crowd we all get used to as a putt starts, a long putt starts tracking to go in and all that. And I wonder if you miss that or if you'd rather be able to hear the players occasionally, regardless of what it is they might be saying. Yeah, that part's been kind of fun, whether, whether they've actually been mic'd up or, or just have the boom mics out there in the fairway picking up on the conversations with the, the caddies. I, I've, I've enjoyed that aspect of it pretty well. So what's typical day like if it doesn't involve golf for a retired Kurt Craigthorpe? Yeah, it's, it's been interesting. I, I, will, I will say this, that these, these six months, of, even COVID aside, have, have kind of been the most interesting thing I've ever gone through just because you, you kind of picture what it might be like and then, then you find out that there's a few different psychological phases you go through in terms of feeling left out or or relieved. I, w- I will say this, that the, the happiest day of my retirement was the day that the Morgan Scally and Caleb Loner news broke within about an hour on a Friday afternoon. I finally said to myself, okay, do I need that stress? No, thank you very much. <laughs> Josh Newman can have all that. But uh, yeah, see, so the psychological part aside, the practical side is I, I have discovered that it, that it is true that uh, you, you kind of do find self-worth from working a little bit. And so uh, my latest thing is I've become a slow-pitch softball umpire just to <laughs> give myself some uh, schedule and something to look forward to. But, yeah, it's, it, it's been interesting. Well, what league do PK and I have to sign up with because we want to have a beef <laughs> with the umpire? <laughs> Ironically enough, I, my next assignment will be in the Sandy Coed League, where I once competed against Jackie Kinahan, <laughs> who was an outstanding player. I should have. So, yeah, a team needed somebody. They didn't need me. They needed a woman. <laughs> well, it, it happened to be a, a talented woman, so she was a good acquisition. No question. Yeah. So I didn't get to play, and I was pouting, and she she got to play. But I do think, you know, I've had a pathetic athletic career, I must admit. But one of the highlights was playing for the Daily Breeze Lee, uh, team in, down there at, uh, in Torrance. I actually got ejected once from a game. I'm, I'm proud to say I got ejected. 
why does that not surprise any of us? <laughs> now, can I? Am I allowed to give the details, DJ? Absolutely. Yeah. So we had a pitcher, and I was playing third base. Because as everybody knows, I won the gold glove at third base at Thunderbird High my senior year. I only had three errors and 55 chances, and one of them was a Baltimore chopper into the sun at Moon Valley High, home of Ozzie Virgil and Richard Jefferson, and their field faced the west. So in you know professional ballparks, you, you, you can't look into the west. And so anyway, the ball got uh, lost in the sun, but I got charged an error. So nevertheless, I'm playing third, and we had a hothead pitcher, and... He is arguing with the umpire, and the umpire comes back and or comes out to the to the not a mound, just the pitching rubber, and they start going at it. And I go over to the umpire. I said, "Well, why don't you go back to home plate, and the argument will stop." And he said, "I don't want to hear anything from you." And I looked at him, and I gave him like, "You got to be kidding me!" I gave him a puzzled look. He ejects me, and the next thing you know. The argument, the heated argument that the pitcher and the umpire were having, it totally went away because everybody on our team fell to the ground laughing so hard that I got ejected. And all I said was, why don't you go back to the mound and then made a funny face. <laughs> and and you're with the ejection, if you got the one ejection, you had to sit out a week. If you got two, they suspended you. And I said to the umpire, I said, how could you throw me out for that? He said, yeah, I know. But I already threw you out, so I can't undo it. But I'll tell you what, I won't report it so you don't have to sit out next week. That sounds fair. (laughs) You want to tell all the ejection stories now? Entertain Kurt. Reward him for coming on. What what other ejection stories? Uh, Didn't you get someone else ejected once? Oh, yes. I got the high school baseball coach at uh, Jordan ejected uh, (laughs) uh, a few years back. The umpire missed a foul, a, a ball that went down the third base line. He either called it fair or foul, and it was, uh, it was obviously wrong. Our guy, uh, a guy named Ron Anderson, who was the most beautiful example of a high school coach that I'd ever been around, uh, just a marvelous, marvelous Christian man. You'd want him to mentor your sons, every single one of them. He was just, just a jewel of a person, still is for that matter. He goes out and argues, and it was clear that they blew the call. And I was standing uh, between home plate and the dugout. All the people who were standing, sitting in the stands that could see it right down the third base line, they're screaming and yelling. They, uh, uh, Ron gives up the argument and tells the guy to go back. And he said, I got the call, and I made it right. And Ron's walking back to the dugout, and I'm standing behind the fence to the left of the dugout. And I said, no, you didn't. You missed the call. He thought that it was the coach of the team. He ejects the coach. (laughs) And you know that moment where you you used to have the Southwest commercials where everybody's looking at you, want to get away? All of a sudden, I had the eyes of the entire ballpark looking at me because I said, no, you didn't. You missed it. And he ejects the coach. And the coach looked at me. You just got me ejected. And again, you, you're, you're subject to suspension. Well, I used my uh, influence with the Utah High School Association and told them that it was me who said that. And I got the first base umpire to verify it. So they did not have the, the ensuing suspension. And after that, that was when uh, somebody in my family was just a freshman after that, I learned it's probably best that I watch the games from down and left field. <laughs> Never said a word the next, the rest of the, the rest of the time. Those are 
two great stories. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have any, be sure to call us and let us know. <laughs> That's our guy right there, Kurt. Huh? One of a kind. Absolutely. Who else could pull that off? Well, Kurt, we appreciate a few minutes in your busy uh, semi-retirement to uh, stop by and talk a little golf with us. It's been fun. Glad to be back with you guys. All right. We'll do it again. Thanks a lot.